Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am joined digitally by the one and only Miss Elena Haas. Hey, guys. And we are joined here in the room with J.D. Rogers. What's up, everyone? We are social distancing. Don't worry, but Views from the Porch is still continuing, and we have got another fun one coming out. What are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about another Christian cliche, the line, just trust God. Just mm. trust God. Which, honestly... It's a classic. Yeah. I bet, you know, the, I bet that response right now is just firing a lot of our friends up because right now, I bet a lot of people are like, what do you mean just trust God? Yeah, what does that actually look yeah. like when I don't have a job yeah, and I'm buddy. moving in with my <laughs> I'm Aunt not going to lie when- <laughs> When people say that, it can feel extremely invalidating to your feelings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. It's like, oh, you need to just trust God. It's like, okay, you need to just trust God. And first of all, it's not that I don't trust God, but I'm also a human and I have concerns. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, buddy, really easy for you to say. You're posted up recording your little podcast yeah. and having the time of your life. We don't have anything to worry about in yeah, life. Exactly. I've never worried once. <laughs> exactly. I just <laughs> exist in a constant state of peace and trust and tranquility. <laughs> and I'm at home, you know, staring at my ceiling for six hours a day with no job. Yeah, freaking out. While it's easy for Mrs. Elena, everything perfect in her life, she can trust God anytime at every time. Yeah. Um, Elena, how dare you? Yeah, if I had blonde hair like yeah. that, I would trust God too. It's fake. It's actually fake. It's it's like a, a dyed. Anything you want to confess on that, Elena? <laughs> David, you're the, no, no, I don't. Okay. Let's All talk right. about your red hair, David. Let's talk about it. That feels so relevant to trusting God. Strawberry blonde, actually. Thank you very much. But um, all right. Hey, what does it look like to actually trust God? What do people mean by that? It is a Christian cliche where people will say they'll either, you know, a lot of times people in not invalidate, but almost like um, sweep away their own feelings because they don't feel like they can be honest or they're like, look, I lost my job and everything's falling apart. But look, I trust God. Yeah. And uh, and there are times people actually believe that. But then there are other times where it's just like the Christian cliche thing to say. So um, I think I think a lot of times people try to make something they try to get rid of gray areas and this makes things black and white. It's like, okay, even though life right now is absolutely insane around me um, and a lot of things feel super gray and uncertain. Like like you said, I'm going to try to make myself be able to go to sleep tonight by just saying, just trust God. But when you wake up tomorrow, you still have all these things like the gray is still there. Yeah. And so is there ever a point, David, where that actually like your feelings catch up with that reality of what what the Bible says trusting God does for your soul and for your emotions and for your life? Is there ever a time where you actually are going to feel like, man, this is actually a really good solution to my problems? Uh, Well, I would say always. Or it should be, or, uh, I mean, there's so, it's such a deep theological idea that we almost have to like tackle one step at a time Mm because trusting God is the way that you have a relationship with Jesus. It's a way that you go to heaven. It's the, you know, basically the thing that just like any relationship is built on trust, having a relationship with God is built on trust. So at high level, it's like what saves you. And it's also at a low level, the invitation that God calls all of us to do 
every single day and every moment. So I, I think I'm not trying to validate what you just said by being like, is there ever a moment where you get there? Um, yeah. I don't know that you ever like arrive in that. I think it's a constant day by day, moment by moment, choosing to trust in God, to trust in his word and what it says, to trust in the character or who God is, like the qualities and the promises of scripture. Honestly, that's one of the things that I think people will blanketly trust God and they um, will say, you know, I lost my job, but I trust God that he's got a better one for me. That's not something the scripture actually, that's hope. That's not yeah. faith. That's like, mm -hmm. I hope because the Bible doesn't promise when you lose one job, he's got something better for you. It promises that in the midst of it, he will not leave you nor forsake you, that you can trust what he's called you to do, how he's called you to live. And then you can also trust the promises that are in scripture where there are clear things that he has said, hey, uh, that where God has made promises like, hey, you're going to have eternal life with me. Life is like a vapor. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That I know everything going on in your life and I'm not far from you. That walking against my way will always lead to death. That uh, living according to my word always leads to life. That's some of the more practical things where as it relates to a Christian, one of the things that we are invited to do is trust in the promises that scripture has laid out. It's like this, if I was to say, um, and, and I'm saying I'm camping here and I know that you have a list of questions that we'll go to and I'm kind of derailing it, but we're there. So we'll I cover no those in a second for you, David. I love that. Um, there is a difference between hope and faith. And a lot of people muddy the water, especially in Christianity today, where they, they really, they articulate like, you know, I'm, I'm just trusting God. And they're really saying, I'm just hoping in this moment. Here's what I mean. If I was to tell you, um, JD, hey, tomorrow I'm going to be at Watermark. Or I'm going to, I'm going to be at, what's that coffee shop place you like? Foxtrot. Foxtrot. Shout out. Hey, I'm going to be at Foxtrot tomorrow at 3 PM and I would love to hang. Will you come meet me there? You would be trusting in a promise that I gave you, especially if I said, I promise I'll be there tomorrow at three o'clock. Yeah. And that would be you trusting or putting faith tomorrow when you get up and you go at three o'clock and you show up at Foxtrot, you are putting faith into action that I believe what David promised is actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm taking him up on it. I'm responding and acting out that. If you just woke up tomorrow and I'd never told you I'm going to be at Foxtrot at three o'clock, but you were like, you know what? I'm believing by faith and hoping David's going to be there at three o'clock at Foxtrot and I have faith to believe it. And you showed up at Foxtrot and I wasn't there. You weren't operating in faith. You were operating in hope mm -hmm. that what you wanted to happen would happen. And I see that a lot in young adults where they're saying, man, I am just walking by faith that God has that person out there for me and I'm going to find him. And if I just do good, if I just live the right way and if I date the right way and, you know, I start living, have the, enough quiet times, then I'm going to have a spouse. That is you living by hope, not living by faith because he hasn't promised a spouse. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's, it's reminding me of... I, I hear this word a lot actually in spiritual circles that the concept of breakthrough, have you heard, you hear that? Oh, yeah. And I think breakthrough is, is a word that kind of goes with this. So here's what I think people, even if they don't mean this, like the language of breakthrough to me is like, I stayed my faith and my trust in God stayed persistent in light of the storm. Yep. And because of that, God gave me breakthrough. Like yep. because I did something, I experienced breakthrough through the storm. So like, let's say I was waiting on um, something with fi like finances. Like I, I was in debt and I was in debt and I, I waited and I waited and I waited. And then all of a sudden I had financial breakthrough. Like God provided in this crazy way. And now I'm gonna worship God because the breakthrough came and you, whatever. I think a lot of people are praying right now for breakthrough with this season. Yep. And 
what would you say to that? How is that, is that an accurate way to trust in like God, like kind of putting God, how do I say this? Where it's like, hey God, unless, if he doesn't have that breakthrough moment, yep. is he good? Yes, you are, you're putting, placing expectations on God that he never promised to fulfill. He promised that like, hey, if you handle finances according to him, that's gonna be a better way to live. Like the borrower is slave to the lender. When he talks about debt in the Bible, it doesn't talk about it in a great way. So to use that specific analogy, the Bible invites us to trust God as it relates to, hey, if I'm in debt, it doesn't prohibit that, but I need to actively and uh, with great intention, try to get out of that. Um, all the words that are coming to mind are, are bizarre, like ferociously get out of debt, but fight to get out of debt as fast as possible mm -hmm. because living a debt, I'm like a slave to the person that's over me. It never promises that if I have enough quiet times and that if I you know, live in community and I'm a good Christian guy and nice to people, then my debt is just gonna get wiped out and gone away. And I do think to your point, whether they use the language breakthrough or- um, Like, okay, really fast. Yeah. There's this song that I know people love, um, by elevation. I know, yes. Breakthrough is coming. coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God, he made me a promise and he won't stop now. Yep. And I think a lot of people young in their faith hear that and they and it creates this even if I don't know what they meant in writing that, yep. but they could be meaning the biblical things that God does promise. Yep. But I think a lot of people relate that to that rent check or totally. you know those kind yeah. of things that relationship cancer so, going away yes yep. and so just yeah keep speaking to that the marriage gets restored like yes. all these things that are not promised and i think the tragic thing like we've just seen it so many times is people believe man there's a breakthrough coming it's going to happen i'm going to uh, end up getting out of debt or the i'm going to get the promotion and then they believe that and they're really hoping and it doesn't happen and they thought man god had promised it and now I can't trust in God anymore. And he never made that promise. Trusting in God means trusting in the revealed promises in scripture. Trusting his word is the best way and in instructions for life and trusting him with eternity ultimately that, hey, only by what he did on the cross can I have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so there's a difference. Hebrews chapter 11 verse one says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not yet seen. It is an assurance of things that God has promised that I hope for and the conviction of things that are not yet seen, that even though I can't see it, what God has revealed, I'm living and I'm trusting that his way is better. It's not me making up a wish list and holding God accountable that, hey, as long as I do you know, some of the stuff and I'm a good Christian guy, you are going to give me the things that I want. That is hope and that is empty. And sometimes it, it, I think the tragic thing is like sometimes the breakthrough does happen. And it just, you know, cause in life, sometimes you do get out of debt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do get the promotion mm -hmm. and people will think, well, this is just because, you know, I've been tithing every week. So now I got that promotion. Yep. I'm just telling you, you follow the Lord, he's going to bless yep. you. And that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it is that way. And sometimes it's not. And, um, so yeah. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why when people say just trust God, it's so confusing because sometimes they'll say like, let's just say you're in community group, you're talking to other believers, which is like just a small group of people who, you know, all are Christians and you're like, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping I get a job and I want to just trust God with that. And they're like, yeah, you just need to trust God that he's going to provide a job for you to your point. That gets confusing because then they're telling you, hey, trust in this thing that God has not promised you. And like you said, that's hope. Then people can hear that and be like, 
well, I'm just going to trust him, which means I guess I don't really need to send out like that mm-hmm. many resumes or actually go on interviews or like do anything. It's kind of a way to be lazy. And second of all, don't use that as an excuse to not be proactive and not use wisdom principles that the Bible provides of like being a hard worker. And yeah, there's so many things that you don't need to sit back and just wait for God to drop something in your lap. You also have to have wisdom about what you God would have you do in the situation. Totally. Here's an example that I saw recently by a pastor that um, is, is fairly well known that I just thought was a, a good example of of how, um, you know, even some pastors, I think, are telling people this kind of generic, it's really hope, but they clothe it as I'm believing in or faith in. And have y'all heard of the flatten the curve thing? Mm-hmm. Like yes. You've seen all the graphs where it's like, hey, flatten the curve. There's a big spike. Right. It's like Corona. If you haven't seen it, it's like a, it's like a hill almost on, I don't know what the best way to describe it is, but it would be like, here's the number of cases. Here's the peak of where they'll be. And we're trying as a nation to isolate and quarantine, to flatten the curve, to lower the number of people infected. And on that, it was posted by this guy on Instagram and it showed, hey, this is the peak if nothing's done. Here's the peak if lots of quarantine. And then there was an additional line added. Here's the peak by faith, I'm believing. And what that communicates is though, hey, if we just have enough faith and just believe enough, then the coronavirus is going away. That's all we got to do right now is believe it. And if you get sick with corona, all you got to do is be believing that God has you and you're going to be just fine. That is not necessarily promised. The Bible promises that you may get corona and get incredibly sick and tragically Christians will die from corona. And in the midst of that, he's invited us. You can trust me. I'm in control of everything. You can't always fully understand it, but I'm over it and I'm working things out to bring about good. And despite the brokenness of this world that involves things God never wanted, like viruses and sickness and disease, I'm going to take that. And no matter where the curve is, no matter how many cases happen, I'm going to work all of them together for good. And you can trust me. And even when things are not going how you want them to, you can know and walk by faith. I'm good. You can trust me. And it takes faith to in the midst of being, it it takes more faith to trust God, even when you're incredibly ill with Corona, laying on the hospital bed going, hey, I've got this, but he's good, he's in control, no matter what happens, he is the way to life and I'm gonna live for him for as many days as he's had. That takes more faith than the guy who's like, hey, I'm sitting here and you know what, I got it, I have a few symptoms, just a little cough, but you know why (laughs) I don't? Because I have faith. And if you just say you have enough faith to move this mountain, then you'll be good and clear, That's, that's hope. And you're, um, because some people end up not getting that many symptoms, they, and then they communicate, it's because I had so much faith. The person who does get all the symptoms ends up being like, well, I, I feel like I'm believing as hard as I can and I'm trying as much as I can to cling on to what God has said. And it, it, I don't even know if this faith thing works. And so yeah. there's a lot of danger and, involved in it. Yeah, and another way I think that's been playing out with this coronavirus is, you know, people will be like, you know, it's okay with coronavirus. I'm, I know we're supposed to be social distancing, but I'm just going to trust God. Like if I get it, I get it. And, you know, I'm going to still keep, you know, doing my thing. I'm not going to be worried about it. And, you know, people can take that and also be like, and so I don't really need to wash my hands because like, I'll just trust God that I won't get it. And I don't really need to like self quarantine. And if I feel sick, I'm still going to go out because I just trust God that it's just a cold. It's like, that's being really careless and you're masking it as trusting God, which sounds super spiritual and sounds really biblical, but it's actually just not loving to 
people around you. And also it's not abiding by like what the authorities of our land have asked us to do, which is a social distance. And so it's like people can say spiritual things like just trust God and then use it in a way to be careless. And it's that can also be so confusing for people because it's like, oh, I should be more spiritual like they are. I should be Mm -hmm. doing what they're doing. But that's not actually true. Totally. It's like the guy driving in his car with no seatbelt, and this isn't about seatbelts, but it's a simple little no- analogy of going, hey dude, I don't wear seatbelts because I trust God, and if you trusted God, you'd be fine without a seatbelt too. You're not more right. faithful or more trusting, you're just dumb, and you're not considerate, and the Bible would say you're a fool, because a fool is someone who knows that, hey, this is likely to end up harming me, and I don't care, I'm doing it anyways. That's what the Bible says a fool is, according to Proverbs. So that right. person, to your example, is, is just being insensitive and inconsiderate of other people, particularly in the, the virus scenario, because uh, they may not get, if they're young, healthy, statistically, they likely will be fine. Mm-hmm. And they can and should trust God even if they get sick. So there's so much that is true about what you said to Elena, but it is inconsiderate and not thoughtful and, um, and is not yeah. an, an example of trusting God um, because he hasn't promised that you're not going to get Corona or that you're always going to live through it. And so, yeah, I, okay. Y'all said a lot that I have. I want to just like to go in more. I'm thinking like different people in this time right now. Um, I, I think it's interesting, Elena, what you're talking about with how sometimes this can produce just laziness. I think a lot of times people as well think that, okay, uh, because I trust God, if I were to go crazy and searching for jobs that now that I've been laid off, or if I were to go crazy in um, pursuing someone for a relationship or trying to pay off my debt or whatever it may be, that communicates lack of trust. Like proactiveness can communicate like a lack of trust, which then creates this paralysis of like, I don't want God to think that I don't trust him to provide. Therefore, I better not do anything because faith you know, is the assurance of what you hope for and certain things not seen. Therefore, like it's nothing to do with me. And God is like, you lack faith if you're doing something. And so I think that can be really, we got to watch the the language of like doing and faith. And mm-hmm. those two, um, they don't, one doesn't not exist. The Bible talks totally. about a lot, how they go hand in hand. Totally. And I always say, um, love is the root, do is the fruit. And I always think about it's out of love, it's out of trust in God that we're able to do things and be wise and and to do be proactive. Um, another thing I saw on Twitter, Kev, uh, Kenneth Copeland, a, a renowned pastor for the prosperity gospel, big hero of yours. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, he they, there was this video that went out that which he's he, not, by the way, to be yeah. abundantly clear. Because anyone doesn't know, a lot of them don't know who Kenneth Copeland is. He is not preaching the true gospel. Yeah. Yep. Uh, an avid preacher of the prosperity gospel. He, um, they was this video released on Twitter of him literally renouncing the demonic demon that is the coronavirus. And he was just like, you're gone. You're rebuked. I cast you out. I only bring blessings on America and this and get away from our people. And these celebrities were reposting Kenneth Copeland's video and saying, this guy is a bleep moron. This guy is an idiot. This guy, and so like, people are looking at this, and they, they're even realizing this isn't enough. Um, like, if you think that you can just live your life and just say some words and point at the video camera, yeah, and now Corona's gone for you, you're an idiot and you're the problem. Totally. And so I think people just need to be really careful 
because there are people out there that are listening to everything you say as you represent Christ. And yep. if you're like, yeah, man, I still go out and I touch people and I don't wash my hands and all that because I trust God, you're creating a monster God because you don't, for all you know, Corona killed their grandparents. Yeah. And, and I would just say, be really careful. And then one question I have that you guys were talking about, what about the verse that says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be open. That's Matthew seven, seven and eight. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, I'm asking God for this and yet I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. Um, what would you say to that? So what's interesting is in, um, you quoted Matthew's version and Luke's version and quickly, cause I think we only have like a couple more minutes. In Luke's version, he says, because God, everyone who asks, he's fine. And everyone who, um, everyone who asks, receives, everyone who seeks, finds, everyone who knocks the door is answered to him because God who loves to give the Holy spirit. Cause he talks about, Hey, if you're evil and you love to give gifts to your kids, how much more does God who's a perfect heavenly father love to give the Holy spirit to those who ask of him. So there's several interpretations on a challenging text, which is one that yeah, is, is that Jesus, at least in Luke's version is saying, Hey, you can ask. And when you're asking for the Holy spirit, God loves to give good things to his children. He loves to give the best thing to his children, which is the Holy spirit. And at the same time, he's invited us. You can ask, you can make your request known to him. What what's profound to me is ask, seek, knock spells out in English, as an acronym, the word ask is in the point Jesus is driving home is ask, bring those requests to God, bring those requests to God. And whenever God gives you something, because in the same verses right after he says, if you who are evil love to give to your children, you wouldn't give them a, a stone and say it's bread. You wouldn't give them a snake and say, oh, this is fish right here. Even the worst dad out there, which is what Jesus says, would never do that. How much more would a perfect, loving, heavenly father not give stones that are bread or snakes that are fish. He doesn't give, he only gives good things. So you can trust him. You can bring your request to him. And whenever you get the Corona, you can pray if you, if you were to, or if someone around you did, and they were really sick, God wants you to pray and ask him to heal them and trust him regardless of what happens, that he's a good, loving, heavenly father. He gave his own son's life to prove how much he loves you and you can trust him. He gives good things. He allows in his sovereignty things that are not always good like we would want them to. But you can trust him that even the worst experiences that all of us have will one day be redeemed and uh, that he makes good everything that he allows. If it's not good, he's not done. So that would be how I would answer that. Cool. Well, hey, I, I just want to kind of wrap this up with just the reality of people's circumstances right now. Yeah. I think right now people are dealing with a lot of feelings and one of those major feelings is uncertainty. Yeah. And I know we've kind of hit on that. And so one, I think specifically in the, in the, in light of jobs and finances and living situations, yep. rent ain't cheap and the, the, the bills keep coming. And so I think what I want to ask is you're telling me all this, what do I do though? Like practically, what does this look like to trust God and his promises, but also these circumstances, I could never have predicted them. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And if you're just, I think right now people are like, my feelings are real yep. and I'm, 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 I'm afraid. Yep. 
And so I'm trying to trust God with everything I have, but I just don't know what to do. Yeah, Let's looks, just wrap up there. It looks like this. You lose your job, you trust, and you live according to God's word. And you say, God, I've lost my job, which means I may lose my, my lease. I may not be able to afford it, which means I may have to move in with my family. And I still trust that you're good. You love me. You don't love me any less. You're not any less in control if I have to move locations or I have to change jobs or if the things that I thought were going to happen or the job and career that I loved is no longer here. You are good and I can walk in your ways and I'm going to live according to what you call me to and I'm going to choose to trust you. And so moment by moment, and by that, I mean, hey, I'm going to live according to what you tell me to do. So if I have to move back in with my family, you tell me that I'm going to be a light and to provide for the needs of my family and to care for those who are older, to honor my parents. So I'm going to do those things and I'm going to actually do what you call me to. That's what trusting looks like, putting into action what God has called us to. And I'm going to hold on to the promises that maybe I lose my job. Maybe I end up out on the streets. You will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to spend all eternity with you and I'm going to seek to be generous and kind, considerate of others. And I'm going to walk trusting that you've got me, not that you promised I'm going to have a better job or even any other job, but you've got me and I can do what you've called me to. And I'm going to read your word and live it out. That's what I would say. And that's not always easy. And it's not the emotional response. The challenge is there's so many people out there that are like, just believe it. And you're going to have that job come. And my God doesn't take something away without bringing a better thing your way. (laughs) And it's not sometimes and it's better maybe by God's standard that he's going to work more effectively, but it's not necessarily that he's promised that, um, you know, you're always going to get a better job as you see fit and better. Uh, you're pulling up a verse from Matthew chapter five, that blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who recognize their need for God for theirs mm-hmm. in the kingdom of heaven. What, what, why do you pull that up? I think it's just right now. I think sometimes we just, we are so quick to not, we think that God is not present in suffering and we think that we're doing something wrong if we're suffering, if we're going through a hard season of life or if things just don't seem to be working out our way, we think that they must not be God's way. And so I think when life brings up unique moments for us to be broken down and for us to really have to depend on the provision of God, I'm just comforted by that of blessed are the poor in spirits. Like God, I am freaking out. I have nowhere else to turn but you. And I think that's when he's saying, okay, and your reward is the kingdom of heaven. Yep. And there's so many times in the gospel where we see Jesus recognize those that gave out of their little, the woman with the perfume. It's like, man, she hasn't stopped worshiping me and she just had nothing else. And, um, and so in this season, don't use it as an excuse to really, really challenge yourself to depend on God, even in your suffering and in your hard circumstances. Totally. I love it. All right. That's it. Um, anything else from you guys? I don't think so. I love it. Awesome. All right. We will see you next week on another episode. That's right. Of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.